Hello everyone, I'm Gary Hoban and welcome to Refinery Life Radio. If you're on the Gold Coast anytime, feel free to come and join us as we meet together and we share in the reward of our Lord. We meet at 9.30 on Sundays at 222 Turpin Road, Labrador. More details are available on our website which is www.refinerylife.org. And this week we're continuing our series titled The Personal Portraits of Peter. These messages will contain lessons that can help each and every one of us every single day of our life. And today we're talking about Peter's restoration. The text we're concentrating on is Luke 22, 31-32, and it says, Simon, Simon, listen, Satan has demanded permission to sift all of you like grain. But I have prayed, especially for you, Peter, that your faith and confidence in me may not fail. And you, once you have turned back again to me, Strengthen and support your brothers in the faith. Wow, I love that piece of scripture. And the scripture reading that we'll work through today is John 21, 1 through to 19. But how bitter were the tears of Peter as he wept over his denial of Jesus. Peter was denying with oaths that he knew Jesus. Look at Luke twenty two sixty to 62. It says, but Peter said, man, I do not know what you are talking about. Immediately while he was still speaking, a rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked at Peter, and Peter remembered the word of the Lord. Now he had told him, before a rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. Verse 62, and he went out and wept bitterly, deeply grieved and distressed. He'd actually betrayed Jesus. He denied him. Would he ever have a chance to confess to Jesus and ask for forgiveness? Did he remember the Lord's words in the upper room as recorded in Luke 22, 31 through to 32? Since apparently none of the disciples expected the resurrection, Peter must have felt perplexed as well as discouraged thinking that in the death of Jesus all hope had died. Peter loved Jesus. He was not as Judas, who for a price had bargained to betray him. He was a saved man who had stumbled over Satan's snare, but he'd stumbled towards Jesus. Think of these three questions I once heard asked and answered. Do you think sinners will get to heaven? The answer was, they are the only people who will. Second question was, do Christians sin? And the answer to that was, saved sinners are the only kind of Christians. The third question was, do you love the Lord? And the answer was, not nearly as much as I ought, but better still, he loves me. The significant factor in Peter's restoration was that Jesus loved him. He loved him enough to convict him of his sin. If God did not love us, he could not leave us alone, or he could leave us alone, sorry. If he didn't love us, he could just let us go. As a parent who loves his children and will discipline them, God loves his children enough to convict them of sin and discipline them as well. Have a read of Hebrews 12, 5-13 and you'll be rewarded with careful reading. We've actually done a, a study a few months ago working through the book of Hebrews. So have a read of it and then go back over those podcasts. Jesus loved Peter enough to pray for him. Jesus loved Peter enough to go to him. And Jesus loved Peter so much that he prayed for Peter, a revealing prayer. 
the place of Satan in temptation is limited. We need to remember that. By the permissive will of God. Luke 22.31 says, Simon, Simon, Peter, listen. Satan has demanded permission to sift all of you like grain. Satan had to have God's permission to test Peter. In the ancient book of Job, Satan had to report to God and get permission to test Job as well. Have a read of Job 1, 6-12 and Job 2, 1-6. Christianity rejects the idea that in the battle between good and evil, the ultimate issue is in doubt. There will be bruises on both sides, but ultimately the Messiah will crush Satan. Jesus will be enthroned and Satan will be cast into the lake of fire. Satan was permitted to sift as wheat, but not to burn as chaff. The threshing of wheat by the sifting process will not hurt the wheat. God will overrule, so good will come out of what Satan intends to be, to be evil. Peter needed his pride, his conceit and his self-confidence to be exploded. And Satan was limited by Jesus' prayer in Luke twenty-two, thirty-two. Says, but I have prayed especially for you, Peter, that your faith and confidence in me may not fail, and that once you have turned back again to me, strengthen and support your brothers in the faith. And Jesus' prayer was answered. Peter's faith didn't fail. He lost face. He backslid in his conduct, but he did not lose his faith. Jesus promises that he will never give Satan to take salvation from a saved person. Let me read that again. Jesus promises that he will never let Satan get to the point where he can take salvation from a saved person. There is always a way out. On the contrary, he pledges eternal life, which would not be eternal if it could be lost. John 10, 27-30 The sheep that are my own hear my voice and listen to me. I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they will never, ever, by any means perish. And no one will ever snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater and mightier than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one in essence and in nature. And then look at Hebrews 7.25. Therefore he is able also to save forever, completely, perfectly, for eternity. Those who come to God through him, since he always lives to intercede and intervene on their behalf with God. Because Jesus intercedes for his people, pleading the merit of his atoning blood, Peter was safe, as are all other believers. And Jesus expressed confidence that Peter's backsliding would turn from sin to service. Then he would entrust him again to, with the work that he had to do. Look at Luke twenty-two thirty-two. But I have prayed especially for you, Peter, that your faith and confidence in me may not fail. And you, once you have turned back to me, strengthen and support your brothers. Jesus knew that he would turn back to him. Simon would become Peter, the backslider would be restored, and he would preach and souls would be saved. And Jesus sought out Peter. Look at Mark 16, 7. It says, but go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you to Galilee, you will see him there. 
just as he told you. These are the words of the angel to the woman at the tomb. How gracious of our Lord to send a special message to Peter, who needed it the most. Sometime during that first resurrection day, the Lord appeared to Peter. The disciples in the upper room greeted Cleopas and his companion with the astonishing news in Luke 24.34, saying, The Lord has really risen and has appeared to Simon Peter. Now, there's no record of that meeting between the Lord and Peter. It was too personal. It was too precious. It was just too special to record. And we can imagine the tears of repentance and the full confession and the kisses of reconciliation. And then there's the restoration of Peter. Since Peter had denied publicly, he must have he had to be restored publicly as well. So let's look at the situation. It's not too difficult to persuade a fisherman to go fishing, is it? As soon as Peter announced that he was going fishing, he was quickly joined by Thomas and Nathaniel and James and John and two other unnamed disciples. The miracle of the great catch of fish at the time that Peter and Andrew, James and John had been called to follow Jesus as full-time ministers in Luke 5, 1-11 was then reenacted. John was the first to perceive that the stranger on the shore was Jesus. And Peter impulsively jumped into the sea to go to him. All of the seven recognized him in John 21.12. Let's see what it says. It talks about Jesus provides. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. And none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? They knew without any doubt that it was the Lord. John preserved the memory of an eyewitness as he remembered the exact number of large fish that were caught. And then Jesus probed Peter's love, and this would have hurt. Look at John 21.15, talks about the love motivation. So when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? With total commitment and devotion. And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you with deep personal affection. As for a close friend, Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. In the context, these could refer to either the disciples or the fish. And Peter had affirmed in the upper room in Matthew 26, 33, it says, though they all fall away because of you, and doubt and disown you, I will never fall away. That was a statement Peter had already made. Peter had left the fishing fishing business to go fishing for men. Did his return to a night of fishing signal a retreat from full discipleship? In his reply, yes, Lord, you know that I love you, Peter did not use the same strong word for love that Jesus used in his question. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. The question was repeated a second time with the response, feed my sheep. And again, Jesus asked the question, but he dropped the strong word that he was using for love, and he used Peter's word. Peter had denied Jesus three times, yet he was grieved that Jesus repeated his question three times. Aren't we a little bit like that? We walk away from Jesus, we grieve him many, many times, but then when he asks us the question more than once, we get a little bit upset. He said, Lord, you know all things and you know I love you. He seemed to be saying, Lord, I know I haven't acted like it. I've caused others to doubt my love to you. But Lord, 
you can look down into my heart. You know that in spite of all appearances, I love you. Peter would not even then come up to Jesus' word for love. He was thoroughly humbled, but he had been forgiven and restored publicly as an apostle. He would shepherd the Lord's sheep. And there's a tender word for Peter. It's in John 21, 18 to 19. It talks about our times are in his hand. It says, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and walked wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and arms and someone else will dress you and carry you where you do not wish to go. Verse 19. Now he said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me, walk the same path of my life that I have walked. Peter predicted, sorry, Jesus predicted that Peter would be loyal even to the point of dying a martyr's death. He would be crucified in loyalty to his Lord. And Jesus said, keep on following me. As we finish up today, Jesus asked, do you love me? Do you love Jesus? He's not asking, do you like me? He's asking, do you love me? Love is in this sense, is almost synonymous with loyalty and obedience. Have a look at John 14, 15. If you really love me, you will keep and obey my commandments. And then again, John 14, 21. The person who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who really loves me. And whoever really loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and reveal myself to him. I will make myself real to him. The proof of love is obedience. He says, follow me. He says, feed my sheep. If, like Peter, we backslide, we will find Jesus ready to forgive us. In fact, he loves us so much that rather than let us go on in sin, he will convict us of our sin. And because of this, we will ask him for forgiveness. And my challenge to you this week, ask him for forgiveness for whatever it may be that you need. Be obedient. Follow his commands. And I really want to encourage you to be diligent with your Bible study time because God has so much more for us than we can get from just going to church once or twice a week and hearing someone else talk about the word. When you spend time with God, your life will change in amazing ways because God is a redeemer. There's nothing that's too hard for him and he can make you whole, spirit, soul and body. And you're important to God. You know that already. But you're also important to us at the refinery. So when it comes to prayer, we believe that God wants to meet your needs and reveal his promises directly to you. So whatever you're concerned about and you need prayer for, we want to be here for you. Even if you just want to say hi, you can contact us on www.refinerylife.org or via any of our social media channels. Until next time, stay in the blessings.